0: Thank you for joining us on the Joe Ashley podcast this week. Um, We are um, excited to talk to you today about um, the the topic around care planning and um, how care planning is our strategy for the future of community pharmacy. Um, As always, I'm joined here today um, with our co-host and um, friend, Joe Moose. Hey, Joe.
1: Hey, welcome. Uh, thank you, Ashley. Yeah, we're excited today. We, we've got a great guest who is really one of the pioneers in, in care planning. And and uh, a, a number of years ago at CPSN, we were talking about the strategy around CPSN. And, and there were two fundamental things that I think really uh, were key components to uh the success of CPESN and what I see is the success of the community pharmacy and that was the the idea that CPESN was a clinically integrated network was was idea number one and idea number two is that that we had a way to aggregate all the cool stuff that all these pharmacies across the United States were doing that that made a difference and helped to patients have better outcomes and help lower the total cost of care. And and that's where the standard around the the e care plan came. And as these conversations were happening in the CPES and war room, um, one of the first people and probably the first uh, partner out there in, in analytics that stepped up, or at least one of the first ones, um, was was our guest today. I I guess is Josh Howland. Um he's the VP of Clinical Strategy uh with Pioneer Rx uh pharmacy software system and, and Pioneer was was early on into this idea like, uh, you know, I think you're fundamentally right. We we've got to have data to, to support what we're doing and, and to tell our story. So today I, I wanna welcome somebody who's Who's walked the the pioneer or walked the the uh, eCare plan journey from the first steps uh, with us, Mister Josh Allen? Uh, Josh,
2: welcome. Well, thanks for having me, Joe.
1: Yeah. So um, again, like I say, you were you were here, you know, pretty much from the start with this thing, and you've seen it uh, it morph into what it is. And uh, so, for those of uh, of our listeners. Give us a really short elevator speech on what is an e-care plan or what is a care plan?
2: I mean, at its simplest, a care plan is just the way you tell a story about a patient. Um, You know, like when you send it at that point in time, you're basically just taking a snapshot. And whoever you send it to, whether that's a pharmacy, a place like CPSN, um, a physician or a payer, you're basically just saying, this is the story of my patient, their allergies, their health conditions, their current med list, their fill history, and most importantly, what you've done as a as a care provider to help that patient on their journey, um, whether that's helping them stop smoking or help them lose weight, all the way down to the things that People take for granted that pharmacists do, and that's just manage medications super well.
1: Yeah, it, it, exactly. I mean, how many times have you gone to a party and uh, somebody finds out you're a pharmacist and they start asking you, you know, questions about filling this prescription or whatever, and they have no idea that uh, of all the behind-the-scenes thing you do. We, we you know, and, and a lot of you may have heard me say this. I've said it a hundred times that, you know, we do a really good job of taking care of patients. We do a really lousy job of of telling somebody other than each other how we took care of patients. So Mm -hmm. when we're standing up in front of the audience of pharmacists and and we say, hey, you know, we reduced the the cost of care for this group by, you know, a million dollars or tens of millions of dollars, or we were able to lower hemoglobin A1C for this group and make them healthier and get them a better outcome – Every pharmacist in the audience shakes their head, yes i I get that, I get that, but the minute you walk out of that room and tell it to somebody who's not a pharmacist, they don't get that, and I think the reason they don't get that is we've done a lousy job over over time of telling the story to anybody other than ourselves of, of the value that pharmacy brings, so yes. I look at the care plan really as a as a way to way to tell that story.
2: Yeah, and it's it's more than that. It it's also a way to bring pharmacists in line with other health providers across the entire spectrum. You know, when you go to a doctor and they diagnose you and you leave, you didn't pay the doctor for the piece of paper that the prescription was written on. You paid them to provide a clinical service. You know, the same thing goes when you're in a hospital and a nurse, you know, gives you their nightly plan. It's a care plan. When you go to a a physical therapist or an occupational therapist, they make a plan about what they're going to do with you. And it's just part of the story that you have to use to tell people to say, I'm not getting paid for this $2 box that came prepared from the manufacturer. I'm getting paid to provide you cognitive services and make sure that these medications work for you. That you don't end up back in the hospital, all of those things, you know, right? Like the care plan isn't just a piece of paper to get paid for. It's a piece of paper that can be shared. Well, really, not even a piece of paper. It's an electronic document that can be shared, consumed. It can make the entire healthcare system better. Um, and it just makes pharmacists, it really helps pharmacists decouple from dropping 30 pills in a bottle to providing a rich clinical experience to patients.
0: You know, where I think that it it, it becomes difficult, you know, Joe says well, we've as a profession done a lousy job of of communicating um what we do outside of our own industry. But in in some ways it's it's very challenging, right? So I know Josh you've probably interacted with pharmacies who um Um, maybe who've had trouble implementing this in some ways or utilizing care planning as an effective means of communication. And, and one of the common, uh, I guess, pushback um, that you might hear, or I know I certainly hear it is, well, why would we take the time to document um, without a payer source, right? Everything's driven by a payer source. And so um, I, I do see the catch of, um, you know, dedicating the time, the staff training to get everybody involved in telling that story, like like you you suggested, um, and equating that to well, if I communicate in that way and I document in that way, what's on the other side of that, and and hopefully um, this the steps and the ability to create this this documentation, this patient chart, this story for the patient will lead to opportunities that will allow for more communication. Have you, have you had some of those experiences or heard some of that from um, other pharmacies you've been working with?
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, we've had that full spectrum. And, you know, even going out to, you know, I, I went to um, Pennsylvania for one of their Flip the Pharmacy cohorts and kind of went and visited some pharmacies in the area Just kind of help them get up and running and learn how to use care planning. And, you know, those are familiar pushbacks, right? Why should I do this if I'm not going to get paid? Um, I'll do this when it's valuable. You know, all of those things that you hear and, you know, without sounding scary, the reality is if we don't do these things from an independent or community pharmacy perspective, you're really just saying, I'm going to be at the mercy of the manufacturers or the big PBMs, and I'm going to take whatever dollars they're going to pay me. And when it's over, it's over. Um, the, The positive spin on this is with care planning, it's just like filling a prescription and making the move from written prescriptions to electronic prescriptions. Or even if you go further back, you know, and this was before I practiced as a pharmacist, but, before computers were there, you know pharmacists were do, literally doing DUR off the top of their head or running back to you know the PDR or whatever reference books they had in the back um, and to today, where all of your pharmacy systems helping you do your DUR doing your drug disease interaction checks, like it's become very, very difficult to mess up a prescription now. The next logical iteration of that is drugs are a commodity. Being able to check drug interactions is a machine capability. What pharmacists have to do now is tell that story. And if they make that next evolution into what they can be, there's a vibrant world of all the things that pharmacists have gone to school for to learn how to do, manage chronic disease states, work in tandem with other healthcare team members that don't involve, I I mean, manual manipulation. And so once you build that habit, sending care plans becomes very, very easy. Like Pioneer Rx is working to build some of those care plans into as you do the things you normally do, we're working to help build that documentation for you. Um, and so we went from seeing stores submit one or two care plans a month, basically do the bare minimum, to submitting hundreds a month because they made it part of their workflow. So once you, it's like exercise, it's like a diet, it takes a commitment to make a change, and then it takes repetitions to be able to do it. Um, your first care plan may take you 30 minutes, your 3,000th care plan may take you three minutes, and that's where you want to get, where this becomes habit, it's what pharmacy does.
1: Yeah, I, I think you're exactly right on that, it's, uh... It, it is about finding the workflow niche of, it. and I think that's where you know we're going to have to work with our technology vendors about getting you know getting this care plan where we can do it do it in workflow. So I, I know that you guys at uh, at Pioneer have have, uh, uh, have put a lot of energy in this, and and you've also got a, a new venture. I will say I listened to your podcast. Uh, day before yesterday. So uh, I, I think you've got an a interesting podcast of, of your own out there, the Catalyst podcast. You want to tell folks a, a little bit about that?
2: Sure. Um, it was one of those, um, it, obviously, you know, our marketing team is thinking about ways, you know, how do we get people looking forward? Um, and it so happens that my boss, Jeff Key, and one of our other VPs, Mark Bivens, A lot of our really cool ideas come from us sitting around thinking about, all right, we had, you know, a pharmacy, maybe even you called and said, hey, Jeff, it'd be really cool if something happened. And then we'll sit down and kind of talk about, all right, well, this is what they need today. What do they need two years from today? And I think that's part of where some of the magic of of Pioneer existed. And so that Catalyst podcast idea was All right, well, let's talk about some of the topical things now. And how do we start looking forward six months, a year, two years? um, You know, what do we want to see pharmacy be in two years? Um, And so hopefully those become interesting, rich conversations and other pharmacists enjoy them.
1: And they can find that on Wherever you find podcasts, iTunes, Google Play, Android, all those type, all those type markets.
2: Yeah, they're um, uh, they're seated all over the place.
1: Yeah, cool. Please share
2: in the show notes
1: as
0: well.
1: Yep, great. And I think yeah. that that as much as we can talk about this type of stuff, the the better off we'll all be. So, um, you know, there are a lot of a, a lot of different ways we can do a care plan and it is a, it is a, uh, you know, it's not a pioneer thing. It's not a QS one thing. It's not a, a, you know, strand on thing. It's a standard that the industry has out there that that is open for any platform to use. So if, if you're listening today and your, your software does not uh, currently do e-care plans, you know, I would talk to your software vendor about adopting it. Um, what would you say, Josh, is uh, some of the efficiencies that you've seen? Because, you know, we've heard, what do you say to the pharmacy that says, hey, you're asking me to do this extra step and you're not paying me anything for it? What are some of the the intangible payoffs that, that you see um, from some pharmacies that you work with that that would make you say, and, and I can think of my pharmacy, some specifically, um, but would make you say that it makes them more efficient or makes them feel like they, they're they doing a better job at, at something?
2: Yeah, so I think the, the easy part is it raises the standard of care across the board, right? Um, you know, where early on with MedSync, it took a lot of effort to get over that hump, right? It takes about, you know, a couple months of heartache and, you know, headache to get 25% of your patients on MedSync. And then it becomes second nature. And the next thing you realize is that your patients as a whole have better adherence. They like you more. You like them more. You know, it just builds a better relationship around that model. Um, what we've seen with pharmacies have successfully implemented care plans, independent of them getting paid or not getting paid, the ones that have done it well have started small, right? Care planning is kind of like eating an elephant you have to do it in small pieces. And so, you know, pick a couple of people in your pharmacy or a couple of groups of people in your pharmacy that need a lot of help. These are probably people that are fairly profitable for you anyway. Um, And so if you're talking to your patients who are, let's just say long acting antipsychotic injections for your pharmacy, if you're doing those, you can build a really clear rubric around, all right, and this day I call the patient you know that those patients typically tend to be a little bit harder to wrangle they have phone issues they have living situation issues but you can start building a regimented care plan and care plan cycle for those patients so it's kind of like a med sync on steroids where even your intern you know your pharmacy interns can have a really big part in that they can do counseling if you build those those care actions to demonstrate how to do the counseling. You can link them to resources. So your pharmacy starts to become a more robust clinical practice. Um, And as usual, the ones who've been successful leverage their pharmacy technicians to their fullest capabilities. Um, But, you know, the big one is you have to find a very small, narrow use case that is meaningful to your pharmacy, and you implement that one thing, and then you do that Really, really well, and then you implement one more thing um, and it without question, the pharmacies who have done that, I think, and we know almost all of them they become better clinicians because of it.
0: I always think about um what is the one key thing I don't want anybody in, on our entire team to miss if um if they're encountered with a particular patient and, and, you know, some of those are, you know, what if a patient continues to ask for an opioid bill early, you want to make sure all of that is documented month after month after month, or um, if there's an allergy that happens, you want to make sure that's documented. And, and I kind of equate it to, can you imagine going to your doctor and not, um, you know, asking maybe what was my weight last time I was in, or what was my blood pressure the last time I was in, and they say, Oh, I don't know, I didn't record that. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's the same type of thing in pharmacy. We have really critical impacts, at, you know, to, to think about as you're first getting started in care planning that are, you know, major things that we need to be capturing in our systems that make a lot of sense to capture that in a care planning format. And so that no one can miss that, you know, if if you're encountered with um, a recurrent situation or um, kind of a hard stop where you need to make a clinical decision, um, if uh, you know an allergy um, occurs or or whatever the case may be.
2: Right, and you know the the nice part about raising that standard of care is the way that the care plan can work, especially if you integrate that care plan and workflow like pharmacy management systems and Pioneer are able to do. Um, You don't have to remember to do those specific things, right? You can let your technology tell you, you know, I want to know when, you know, if a patient fills a prescription early or they fall into a certain category, Um, say a patient you're tracking their A1C and your technician enters their A1C is 13, you want to automatically kick those off. So you suddenly become this amazing superstar clinician because your technology is able to apply rules and, and conditions to those. So no one's gonna miss it. You know, you used to be limited by, you know, if your pharmacist was on their game that day, they're catching everything. You know, at the end of a 12 hour shift, you filled five, 600 prescriptions, your brain's tired. You may miss those things, but care plans allow you to structure them and kick them off. It just gives you a superpower that you didn't have before.
1: Yeah, I, I, I like what both of you said. I mean, I, asked, I think you spoke to it. Uh, if you're an, the only pharmacist in, in a pharmacy and you're a one pharmacy operation and you see every patient and hear every story from every patient, you re- may remember a great deal of that. But uh, if you've got multiple people touching them, you know, you need a way to hand off that information to them. So think of it like if if you filled a prescription, and your dispensing system did not remember the sig, so when you went to do the refill, you had to call the doctor back and get that piece of information every time. What is the sig on this prescription every time you refilled it? I mean, that would be inefficient. We wouldn't be able to fill more than thirty prescriptions a day. But but our our software system remembers the sig from one refill to the other. I think the care plan is the same way. You know, I've talked to a patient. I've heard that. Um, they ran out of opioids early this month because their son came over to visit and he's an addict and he happened to, to maybe make off with five of them. And, and I, I don't want to have to remember that for the next month or, the, or a different pharmacist. So I put that piece of the story in there and it's remembering that each time. So one, you can, you can reiterate something when you're talking to them, but two, you can, you can uh, you know, pass the story along. I, I will tell the story when Ashley and I were working together. Uh, I heard her having a conversation. I was back in the office, and I heard her having a conversation with somebody about a foot soak and putting um, putting some Epsom salt, uh, soaking their feet in, in Epsom salt. And then uh, she said, "We'll come in and we'll show it to you. And a couple of hours passed, and the patient came in the pharmacy, and Ashley was gone to a meeting. And all of a sudden, I heard all my staff yelling back and forth in the pharmacy, hey, uh, who recommended a foot salve? Mrs. Jones is here to get some foot salve. And she said she called and somebody told them to get a salve. So everybody in my pharmacy is yelling that back and forth to each other, you know, when it wasn't a foot salve at all. So we we pulled the patient up, asked me to put a care plan in there, recommend Epsom salt soaps for Mrs. Jones' feet, and it's all in there. So it it, it took, you know, there were seven or eight people in the pharmacy that were all disrupted looking, running around looking for some type of salve when it wasn't a salve at all, if it, it was and you know, it was all documented in there and it was very efficient, uh, if we would have gone there and done done what we should have done and looked there in the first place for it. So I, I think a lot of efficiencies like that uh help us start to go down this clinical path and, and not rely just like you say on what industry the the industry the dogs, what bones they throw us out there, you know, in terms of filling the prescriptions fast, accurately, and cheap, but more in terms of, of you know, how can we start changing outcomes of patients where we really have value?
2: I mean,
0: and I, even you
2: if on a slightly more global scale, like that's a great example of disjointed patient care in a single pharmacy between shift changes or you know, people going to lunch on breaks. I mean, think about how much more complicated that gets across the entire healthcare spectrum. If we really want to change the trajectory of how healthcare is delivered in this country, you have to have an efficient way to tell a story, a standard way to communicate that between pharmacy to pharmacy, pharmacy to the provider, and then, you know, be able to send quality to places like CPSN and payers. Like, you just can't do that with, you know, a, an amazing pharmacist running around telling one story at a time. You need thousands and hundreds of thousands of these to make a compelling argument to go to a payer and say, "Look at not only the rich data that we have, but the outcomes we deliver, and we can do it repeatedly and scalably." You know, that's the that's been the missing piece for a long period of time is. There are amazing pharmacists all over this country, and they do amazing things every day. But you need the entire profession, community pharmacy, to be able to do those things reliably and across the country.
0: So once we once we started care planning um, to where we're at today, there's been a lot of improvements, a lot of changes, adjustments, um, that made it easier. Um, and, and now, you know, we're at the part where a lot of community pharmacies are involving, um, a lot of their staff, like you mentioned. Um, so what is your vision, Josh, of care planning, over the next two years? Where do you think it's going? And, you know, you've mentioned some scalability and making this a repetitive activity from pharmacies across the nation. Do you have a vision for what you think may change or the way it may look like on a high level?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, and it it's great, like Joe mentioned prior to the podcast, you know, thinking about what it felt like in a pharmacy pre- pharmacy dispensing system, and then remember, think about what your pharmacy felt like when you first got a Parada or an Icon, another type of automation. You know, at first it was painful, and then it became something you can't live without. And could you imagine filling prescriptions today, having to count every single one? It's just not possible. Um, When you look at what care plans are today, the vast majority of them are very manual, right? I have a patient in front of me who's communicated a problem, and I'm going to document that. Um, in order for this to be repeatable and scalable, a lot of that documentation has to be done pre-encounter. So a lot of the things that you know the, the e-care plan standard allows us to do is re- build those dynamically Right, once you've built the patient's allergies and health conditions, you don't ever have to do that again. You just have to check the accuracy of it, add a new one, remove an old one. And then as you do that, that's documented on the care plan. You know, when you talk to a patient about a drug interaction, automatically add that care action to an existing care plan. Um, we've been working to automate you know the MedSync care plan because you already have a really robust structure around that sync process. You know, you call your patient, you review the meds, you shouldn't have to document that twice. And so our vision of, you know, what care planning should be is that as pharmacists do the work that they have been doing for, let's be generous and say a hundred years, that just becomes documented automatically. You know, you have to make it easier for technicians to expand their scope of practice. Um, so we're looking at a lot of automation of build the care plan automatically, have the pharmacist review it, and then automatically submit it, so that it just becomes a part of your process. Um, it, without that, we don't. I don't think care plans exist in five years if it's all manual and every patient requires half an hour.
1: Josh, what do you see as? Uh, our what do you see as a win um in terms of community pharmacy if we all start care planning what 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 does that look like if if you've got um you know 2500 CPS in pharmacies or or maybe you know 5 6000 pharmacies across the US that are that are doing care plans you know on a routine basis what what do you see that uh, uh win a pharmacy look like
2: i mean i think you start to look at um you know we have a an overabundance of high deductible health plans and you're starting to see things like telemedicine come into that play and you start to see people who are willing to pay more for better care um whether that's you know patients paying cash for you know um vitamin supplements weight loss plans um you know, even think about people buying like Peloton bicycles to, you know, they're spending several thousand dollars on a stationary bike. Um, I I see pharmacy as a win if we can get to a place where we have enough information to go to payers, starting locally, employers who have a, a very vested interest in making sure their employees stay healthy and saying, look, this is another one of those preventive services that cost very little compared to, um, you know, having a patient go to the hospital, apply a pharmacy to patient care early on, treat it like going to the dentist every six months, and we'll pay you to manage patients, especially your chronic expensive patients. Um, That would be a huge, huge win for pharmacy to be part of, not just part of the care team, but you know, if you look at Western Europe, where they've done nationalized healthcare care well, it's not that their governments are amazing. It's that they leverage pharmacists, primary care nurses way ahead in the spectrum of care in that primary care phase. And I think this is the entrance to pharmacy becoming a, not just a part of primary care, but a, a vital part of primary care. Hopefully that leads to things like changing some CMS rules where you know, a pharmacist can do chronic care management incident to a physician, but it doesn't really help outside of the office or annual wellness visits, um, medication safety reviews, you know, get pharmacists paid for things like that, that have demonstrable actions of keeping patients out of the hospital and healthy. Um, that that to me would be, I could retire and be happy for the rest of my days if that that went down that way.
0: You know, but I think we're in a key position for that, right? The, the foundation, the infrastructure is there for community pharmacy. It's just a matter of organizing collectively and, and, and getting into a routine, like you said, for sustainability, for scalability, um, and to make that vision happen. So I think we're on the right path.
2: Yeah, it's, it's an interesting time to be alive and an interesting time to be a pharmacist. Which means it's painful for the current pharmacists because, you know, anytime it's an interesting time, there's a lot of questions and a lot of variability. There's a lot of challenges. Um, but in those times when you have those challenges, you have incentive to be innovative. And right now, I mean, pharmacies really, especially independents, have never been more incented to be innovative in their history. And that can just really make powerful changes to the healthcare system.
0: Absolutely. Well, Josh, we thank you for being our partners in technology and and, and helping us navigate the the best path for care planning. And and so thanks for your efforts and and to the team um, that you work with as well as we're trying to figure this out together. I know today we, we've covered a lot of topics, and, and I think we could go on and on in, in many respects for many of these topics, you know, of the why behind care planning and, and how do you get started with it, and, and all the way to advancing of the future of what this could be and, and what this means for community pharmacy if we do truly embrace it. Um, so um, we do thank you for your time today, and um, we're, we're excited to continue to go down this path with you and, and see where where it does turn out.
2: Uh, my pleasure. Thanks,
1: guys. Yep. Thanks so much, Josh. Thanks, everyone, for listening today, and um, we will see you next week. The CPESN Podcast is brought to you by Thrive Pharmacy Transformations. Production assistance is given by Mike Denninger and Suzanne Feeney. For more information, visit us online at cpesn.com and tptransformations.com.